at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March, March 28, 2023. And of course, that means the first quarter is almost finished for the year. First quarter's, you know, we got what? Just a few days left. So be prepared, you know, the first quarter we're going to get earnings reports next month, later on next month and the month after for the first quarter. And I don't know, my gut feeling is it's not going to be the greatest earnings quarter, okay? So, and of course, we're still getting rain out here. We're supposed to have rain uh, tomorrow and Friday and Thursday. I mean, we get, you know, so for Southern California, it's just been pouring. Up in the Northern California, the snow is super deep in the mountains and very rainy. Very different year this year as far as weather. But that's okay. We need the rain here in Southern California. And it's getting to be quite a bit, but that's okay. I guess we'll survive it. I'm Steve Peets. I'm here today on this radio program and podcast to help you to make better decisions, to help you understand the decisions that you do make and help you understand not only the economy, but the stock market. And to do that, well, this is a call-in show. We ask you to call in with any questions so we know what you want to talk about. You drive the show in the direction you want it to go. And for those who are new to Invest Talk, we don't try to talk you into anything. We're not trying to sell you anything. We don't tell you to buy this or sell that. That's not what we do. We provide information on whatever you want to talk about financially. If you want to talk about individual stock, I'll give you information on it. I'll give you my opinion about it. But you have to realize I'm not doing any in-depth research on that company. Okay? But I will help you. We do it unbiasedly. We have no agenda here. We have we have no nobody we need to serve except ourselves and our clients. Okay, we just want to help you learn. And you know, I'm not shy about why we're doing it. I, I think the more you learn, the more you realize what you don't know. So the more you learn, the more you have to learn. It's like going into a room with a bunch of doors. You can go into one of those doors, and there's another room with a bunch of more doors. It's just a constant thing, you know, and it gets, it is not easy. And most people just don't have the time. They might have the interest, and I'm sure a lot of you have the interest, but most people just don't have the time. And then you need the tools, and it's difficult. But I don't want to depress you or tell you you can't do it. You can do it. It just takes effort. You can learn this. It's not that difficult. You just have to have the desire and the, 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 the time. You can do it. You don't, and you don't even have to be an expert. You don't have to be an expert to do well in the stock market. You don't. Anyways, love to hear from you. You know, all us investors, even the serious investors, we all can learn new stuff. We want to learn new stuff. It's interesting. I find it interesting. If you want to be successful, you need to be. You need to learn lessons. You need to learn various concepts. 
And I will help you with that any way I can. Okay? Okay. So my focus point today, REITs are under pressure from the wave of banking fear. Okay? This is something I touched on before in the last few, couple of weeks. Investors are worried that dividend-paying REITs could get squeezed by tenants, lenders, or both. And we'll take a look at that story. Time permitting, I also want to talk, why is the Fed always reactive, not proactive? Why is that? What do I mean by that? We're going to just, I'm going to talk about that. Susan Orman, Susie Orman had some advice that I'd like to share. Five things about money I want to share. They're, you know, nothing complex, but I think most of them are very good ideas and ideas I've expressed myself. Us money manager type people, you know, do have a lot of things that will overlap as to what we think. And finally, the rich are fleeing New York in a big way. That's going to be very difficult for New York because of taxes. The rich pay most of the taxes, and they're leaving New York. Hmm. I got some numbers and stats that I'll share with you. Okay, that's what I want to talk about today. But, of course, as I said, you drive the show. You tell me. I also have a trivia question today. You know, it's Trivia Question Tuesday. Want to talk about that. Also... Uh, we have some voice bank questions to play, U.S. Treasury three-month bill, uh, CMA, Comerica Inc., and I have an iTunes review question, too. So we'll have that with the trivia question at the halfway mark. So I've got a lot of plan, a lot of things to talk about. Hopefully we can get to them all. But, of course, live calls come first. Okay, so the number is 888-99-CHART. The market was down today. The Dow down 38 points. The Nasdaq down 53 and S&P down 6. That's what it was. So let's go ahead and go to our first uh, voicemail. Hello, Justin R.C. I just want to say thank you for your knowledge of the market. I had a question about ticker BNS, Bank of Nova Scotia. It's about a $59 billion market cap. It looks like they've paid their dividend for about 60, 70 years, which is pretty consistent. I know with the recent downfall of banks, they got hit by it. What's your opinion of the company? I was looking to add them or possibly Bank of America. Just wanted to see which one would be a better pick for my portfolio. Thank you, and I look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Well, Bank of Nova Scotia out of Toronto, uh, Canada, based international bank operating in 2,618 branches in over 40 countries worldwide. Uh, it is a $58 billion company. They're going to make $5.67 a share Last year, 2022, they made 850. So that's a 33% fall in earnings. And then 2024, they'll pop up a little bit, 5%. Pays a 6.2% dividend. Cash flow is very strong at $10.09. It's a $49 stock. So the bank is strong, everybody. Doesn't have a lot of debt. It is a strong bank, and sales are growing pretty nicely as of the January quarter. Sales were up 63%. Now, we know about all the banking crisis here in the U.S. Does Canada have the same problem? I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. This bank was trading in the 70s not that long ago. Today, it's 49. Looking forward, it's going to make $5.95 in 2024, and the five-year P.E. range is 4 to 12. It's a $49 stock. That tells you what? The P.E. is around 8, so it's not cheap based on future earnings estimate. Return of equity is only 15%, which is not a lot, but also doesn't have a lot of debt. 
So management owns 1%. Mutual funds are net sellers, but just very slowly over the last year. They pay 6.2% dividend. The dividend is probably pretty solid. I don't think that's in danger. So you could buy it for the dividend. But remember, you're talking about banking, and banking sector is having a lot of problems. Now, I don't know about Canada's bank. I'm not sure how much this bank is exposed to long-term bonds in the U.S., where we're raising interest rates, and interest rates worldwide are going up. So it's going to hurt banks. We know it's hurt our banks. There's a number of them. So be very careful. We're going to take a quick break. My phone lines are open. If you're listening to a via a live stream, call now. You can call right now. And you can call and have your question on our voice bank anytime you want to at InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Thank you, and I hope to be the 50 millionth download of your incredible show. It is official. As of February 21st, an exciting new InvestTalk milestone was achieved. The InvestTalk podcast exceeded 50 million downloads. How do you guys determine a value stock? 50 million. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. Hey guys, it's Josh from South Carolina. I'm a long-time listener. 24-7, rain or shine, on tough market days or during brighter moments. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your questions. Our now preferred share is kind of a hybrid asset. It's part of the capital structure. You want to buy this what's on sale, and when it gets on sale, it's about $16 a share. $50 million. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is constantly changing, and now with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Duncan from New York, and I just had a question about treasuries. I am now trying to expand my portfolio, and thank you for you guys for helping me understand a little bit about treasuries. My two questions on it is, one, I don't know how to really like invest in treasuries. I actually went to the website for treasuries, and it looks like very old school, so I'm kind of even lost with it. But then when I was listening to another podcast, they actually had someone come on, and they talked about a treasury bill ETF. And I think this is like a new thing, so I wanted your two cents. The ETF is T-B-I-L. I think this is a new product, but I was liking to get your two cents off of it. Obviously, it has an expense ratio of 15.15, but you know, would this, as a, like a new investor to, to treasuries, would this kind of be a good way for me to go into this? Or uh, just one of your two cents. Looking forward to the answer to the podcast, and have a great day. Bye. Okay, that's a pretty good question. It is new. TBIL is new. It's an ETF seeks investment resulting corresponding to the ICE Bank of America U.S. three-month treasury bill index. So it's tra- tracking three-month bills. Very short term. Pays a 2.2% dividend. Now, 2.2%, you would say, oh, that's okay. But that's not. That's not really that great. It's really not. When you can get 3 and 4% right now on these... Three to four percent on these three months, 
to one-year treasuries. You might want to take a look, and there's nothing wrong with this, 2.2, and it's solid and not a lot of risk, and it won't be moving up and down very radically. All those things are true. But you might want to take a look at your custodian. If you're with, who are you with, Schwab? Are you with Bank of America? Are you with Goldman Sachs? Who are you with? I don't know. But find out what they're, if they have a U.S. short-term government money market fund. And what is the current yield? And compare that with this one. 2.2% on this one. If, they're, if, you're, if you're money market fund, remember, there's more than one money market fund at most of these big houses. You want to find out, do, number one, do, you, do your custodian have a short-term U.S. treasury money market fund? If the answer is yes, how much does it pay? And if it pays more than 2.2, move your money. And say, I, I want that to be my default money market in my account, and then leave money there. You'll make more money than the 2.2, maybe. That's what I would check out. Why would I check out? Because I know UBS does uh, have a money market fund, and it's higher. A U.S. short-term treasury money market fund, and it's higher. Talk to your, uh, you know, whoever your custodian is. Okay. When people take time out to leave an investor podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. The Puma 51, just wondering what you thought, what your thoughts are about using SPAXX. SPAXX. Huh. Money Mark Fund as a savings account. This pays more than the regular savings account, even with the expense ratio, without having to move my money to a new bank. Well, uh, SPAXX does not come up, and it, my answer, it's kind of funny that my previous answer applies. Is this a short-term money market fund, and, and does it use short-term treasuries, and that's how they're getting Remember, every week I tell you what the, you know, I go over the, the, the important numbers of the, of, of the week, and I tell you what the three-month three treasury bill is, a 10-year treasury bond is, and, you know, so you know that the three-month, the short-term is paying more than the long-term. So if this is one of those, then that's how you, yeah, is S-P-A-X-X. And whenever I see a symbol ending with an X-X, most of the time it is a money market fund of some kind. At a custodian, but I don't know what SPA means. I don't, I don't. That doesn't come up. Money markets don't come up on my 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 uh, software because there's so many of them, and because they're specific to their to the custodian. Okay, you probably notice that Justin and I are very happy with the re, when we reach 50 million. I think we reach 51 million by the end of this month. We will. Okay, downloads. We really appreciate it. We celebrate it. We're celebrating it. KPP is giving away 50 free subscriptions to the KPP Premium Newsletter. So if you'd like a chance to win a free newsletter subscription, just follow Invest Talk on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Then be sure to like and tag three friends on your 50 on our 50 for 50 million post. And it's pretty easy. We'll send 10 more winners. We're going to pick them. We're going to select them. Ten more this this Thursday. The prize, if you win, a year's free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. A year. That's about $199 per year. Okay? Call Investor again now. You can do it right now. 888-99-CHART.
each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Okay, our main talking point or uh, focus point we want to discuss today is REITs. REITs are getting caught up in the wave of banking fear. Now, we know that the Federal Reserve and raising interest rates, and we know that put a lot of pressure on certain banks, and those banks went under, right? I mean, several of them. Uh, and But the ripple effect is what we're talking about here. And I've mentioned that last week about ripple effects of the banks going under. Not necessarily that other banks will go under, but the ripple effect in the economy as where the current banks will probably tighten up their standards worried about a bank run. In other words, they want to produce more cash, so they don't want to lend it out, fearing that it might be a problem. For REITs, this hurts them in two ways. One, you know, they're having trouble, you know, the economy might slow down, so the ripple effect might slow the economy, doing the Fed funds, doing the Federal Reserve's work for it instead of it having to raise interest rates. And two, they might not be able to get the money they need because REITs borrow money to buy properties. And so they may not get money they need. Remember, REITs have to pay 90% of their income out in the form of dividends. Therefore, they only can retain 10% earnings. Therefore, when times get tough, it can be extra tough for REITs. Now, on the other side, there are benefits of being REITs because they don't have the same requirements uh, as far as, uh, you know, they have a little bit more freedom with their, because they have to pay so much out, there's things that they can do uh, that won't, you know, give them such a credit crunch as we fear or I fear, okay? So REITs have been killed recently. Uh, they've down 10% since the banking crisis started, what, a month ago, whatever it was. And some of the REITs are down 25%, especially those in the office space area. Because people working from home, that also hurts REITs, right? So the REITs have been under a lot, a lot of pressure. And uh, is that pressure going to ease up? Uh, Fed's still raising rates. Inflation's still with us. You know, uh, I'm not so sure it's over with, but it is possible you could start dipping your toe in certain types of REITs not attached to the office, maybe office uh, space area. Something that's less cyclical in nature. A REIT that's less cyclical, meaning not attached to the economic cycle. I think you consider those. I think you can. Let's get this moving and pivot back to InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. I was wondering your opinion about Leggett and Platt, symbol L-E-G. Wanted to see what your thoughts were on the company and if you thought there was a, a good entry point. Thank you. Bye. Okay, Leggett and Platt out of Missouri manufactures home furniture, commercial fixtures, and wired uh, tubing materials. Um, their earnings are going to go down, and they have estimated earnings going to be down thirty percent this year from last year. That's pretty tough, and then it'll bounce back a little bit the following year, making a dollar eighty-three a share, and it's at thirty dollars and seventy. 
cents stock. And to be my, to be perfectly honest, if you're looking forward, it's too expensive uh, for me right now. It's come off its highs in the mid fifties, and now it's thirty dollars and seventy cents. But I am not enamored uh, of that price because that's right near its low. If it starts to move up from here, uh, I might be a buyer, but I think it can go into the 20s without too much difficulty, and I would not be a buyer of it at this point. Not that it's a bad company, it isn't. It's a very good company. It pays 5.7% dividend. Uh, but recent two quarters in sales have gone down. So you've got to anticipate lower sales. Return on equity is very good, 19%. Management owns 2%. Uh, mutual funds are net sellers, you know, uh, over the last year, about 15%, 18% less mutual funds. And they're the ones that drive prices up or down. So uh, I, I, I'd stay away from it. It's just not my – I don't think this is a good time. It's kind of a, a very sensitive to economic cycle. And, you know, with the rising of interest rates and the Fed hell-bent on slowing the economy, it's, you know, those will hurt this company. It's Trivia Tuesday, so let's get to it. It's, it is tax season, everybody, but I'm guessing you already know that. But do you know how the IRS is doing? Do you know how the IRS is doing with their workload? As we get back to as we get to the break, here's my two-part question. To this point, how many tax refunds has the IRS issued, and what is the value of the average refund? Do you have any idea? I'll supply the answer after the break. My InvestTalk phone line is open, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Hi, uh, this is Rick from Hawaii. What are your thoughts on writing put options? My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. What's your question? And I'm just wondering how you're able to predict these market reversals. Right now, they've been under pressure. I think that that buying opportunity is being set up. IPOs are there for the vast majority of them to extract capital, extract money from the novice individual investor. Here's Ken in Texas. Hey, Steve. I've got a lazy boy recliner that I love and my wife loves. Do you own it or looking to buy it? And my son makes fun of me for buying because I'm 70 years old. <laughs> but now is a good time to call Invest Talk. I listen every day. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. 
Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So before the break, I gave you my trivia question. How many tax refunds has the IRS issued and what is the value of the average refund? With the tax deadline approaching as of March 17th, 2023, the IRS has issued roughly 54 million refunds worth about $158 billion. $158 billion? And that's according to the agency, IRS. In January, the IRS, IRS warned filers that refunds could be somewhat lower. And so far, that has been true. It's been pretty accurate. The average refund payment is $2,933 compared to 3305 the same point last year. However, the average amount could change with more returns expected before April 18th, the federal deadline for most filers. So if you file an electronic error-free return with direct deposit for your payment, you can expect to receive your refund within 21 days of filing, according to the IRS. By the way, I do not like the fact that people owe, uh, people get money back from the IRS. Do you know why? Because you overpaid. You're giving the IRS, the government, free money, free interest-free money. You think they will let you get away with not paying them interest-free? No, you've got to pay interest on money you owe them. But they owe you, they just pay you what they owe. They don't give you any kind of interest. So you're giving them a free loan. I don't like that at all. Okay, here's a fun question as I look back in time. How many individual tax returns did the IRS process in 1960? How many did they process? According to the IRS data for tax year 1960, remember, computers were... uh, twinkle in everybody's eyes. I mean, just barely got started. Okay. Uh, how many tax returns? The total number of individual returns in 1960 was 61,028,000. Of that total, 48 million were taxable. And 13,000,000, 12,967,000 were non-taxable. Okay, 12 million of the 61 million. Interesting stat. Anyway, so why is the Fed all Federal Reserve? We're talking about the Federal Reserve now, moving toward the Federal Reserve, away from the IRS. Both are quote unquote independent bodies from our government, even though they're answerable to the government. They're not part of our government. They're independent. Okay, why is the Fed always reactive, not proactive? What do I mean? Okay, let's look at the most recent thing: bank failures. Now, the, the Federal Reserve now has to react to the banks failing, their balance sheets getting underwater. Well, wait a minute. 
Didn't the Federal Reserve know that they were going to raise interest rates over a year? Yeah, they should have. They knew they were going to raise interest rates starting last year, right? So if they knew that that was going to happen, I knew it. I talked about it on the radio. Every money manager, every money anybody in the private sector knew it. So I'm sure the Federal Reserve knew they were going to raise rates. Why wouldn't the Federal Reserve ask the banks, all the banks, about their exposure to long-term treasury bonds. How much exposure have that? Because if interest rates are going to rise over the next year, you need to start, they could have warned them to start straightening up their balance sheet. They would have known, they would know that they're going to raise interest rates. They know that raising interest rates make long-term bonds go down in value. They know that that would hurt their balance sheet, right? All those things they knew. But they didn't, they didn't take any proactive, the, uh, steps that I know of about finding out which banks were the most vulnerable and trying to help them do something about it. Hey, you need to do something about this. Maybe, you know, start selling them early, those long-term. Go to short-term. Yeah, that's that's what I mean about being proactive. You want another example? I can give you many examples where the Federal Reserve is reactive, not proactive. There's tons of them. Okay, tons of them. So I think, you know, they, they knew they were raising interest rates because they knew inflation was a problem, right? I mean, they knew that. Uh, they're the ones that caused the issue with lowering rates too fast. So they go back, if you go back before they started raising rates, why did you lower rates to zero and leave them there the year before last year? Why wouldn't you start to slowly increment them up, knowing full well that these very low zero interest rates, basically, would eventually cause problems in the financial system? They could have been proactive. Don't. They don't. That's what I mean. They can look. For, they, they need to be smarter. That's what I'm really saying. They need to be smarter. Let's pivot to the Investec Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. Hi, Steve, Justin, and Luke. Um, I'm Alex from the UK. I'm just calling, and I'm sure you've had loads of calls about the bank stocks. I have a variety of um, stocks, uh, some in the larger cap, Bank of America and JP Morgan. But I do have a small position in a couple of smaller uh, banks, uh, Comerica, CMA in particular, obviously has dropped a lot with all the recent um, volatility. I was just wondering what your thoughts on this one were. I was up about 10 or 15% and now down about 30. Um, I was just wondering if you think this is a position to hold and wait for it to come back or whether I should dump the stock and move elsewhere. Um, I look forward to your opinion and uh, I listen to the podcast every day. Okay, this is Coal America, headquartered out of Dallas, Texas, a holding company for Coal America Bank operating via 551 banking centers, primarily in Michigan, California, Texas, Arizona, and Florida. Uh, they make money. They're going to grow their money as opposed to other banks going to shrink their money. Next year, they're going to make $9.60 a share. That's up 13% from the, this last year. Year after, nine seventy four. And it's a $42 stock. So it's very low price at this stage. Sales are growing pretty strong. Uh, dividend yields 6.4%. Management owns 1%. Uh, mutual funds are pretty much the same. They haven't sold or bought in the last year. Debt's not too high. Return equity is very good at 18%. I like that. 
and they have strong cash flow. So the bank looks very solid. So the only thing you need to worry about is what has rising interest rates done to its balance sheet. Like that's what happens to the banks that went under. Too much long-term treasuries. So what, you know, the, and if the Federal Reserve is going to continue raising rates, how much pressure, more pressure would it put on this particular bank? It's going to put pressure on all banks. But how much on this particular bank? Well, how do you find that out? Well, how much exposure do you have long-term debt to long-term debt? That's what kills your balance sheet. Now, this is a $5.6 billion bank, so it's not that big. So that's a na- major thing that you want to find out. How much in their portfolio, their loan portfolio, their investment portfolio, are they exposed to long-term loans? And if it's not too bad, they have a good spread, yeah, it's a good, pretty good solid bank. It really is. Okay? Well, Justin Glenn and I have been telling you for a while now we are in the market environment. We are in a new market environment. Cycles are a natural part of almost everything in life. And the stock market is no different. They have cycles, bull markets, bear markets, and, of course, everything in between. So serious investors understand they need to be able to adjust their thinking and strategies to fit whatever times they are in or coming. They'll think ahead. And they also know that eventually another type of day is coming, retirement day. You've got to be preparing now for that day, the retirement day that will arrive in your life, and that is whatever that is. That's a major cycle change in your life, whatever that, whenever that is, whenever you decide that is. Now, that decision might be forced upon you or it might be your choice, but you've got to be ready for it. So it's always worth taking a minute to make you aware of the benefits Steve, I can and Justin can do with our firm, KPP Financial, to help you. We're in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County. That's in Southern California, between L.A. and San Diego counties. And let me remind you that the, the here on Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success. And what do we mean by that? People ask, well, what does that mean? Well, it means we, do, we provide unbiased guidance. We don't have any, uh, any loyalty to some big banking house. We don't. We don't have any of that. Or some platform we have to use. No, we don't do any of that. We might buy data from da- places that provide data, but we always buy the raw data and do our own research. Also means that we practice parallel investing, meaning we buy the same thing for you as we do for ourselves in our own accounts. So that when we buy something for our clients, we are on the line with our money. So we're going to buy the same time, same price, same percentages of the portfolio. If we buy 3% of a particular stock, we all buy at the same time, same price, and it's all 3% for everybody, no matter how big or small your account is. So if you want us to help you, you want to talk about your investments or try to, or even just to look at your investments, try to help you, you know, make sense of, are you taking a lot of risk, not hard any risk? Where's your risk? How much risk do you like? We can help you with all those types of questions. We want to help you if you will let us help you. But you've got to let us help you. We want to do it. The sooner you do that, the sooner you contact us, the sooner we can help you. And we, we will help you. We will. Let's go to Bill in Northern California. Hi, Bill. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, the call. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Ambridge, and, and uh, I'm just wondering if you see any red flags. I notice uh, um, he's seeking alpha, and they have, uh, it, it looks like the PE is real high, and their debt is showed here as um, 
60 billion. They have a billion in cash, but they look like they're a very profitable company. How would you uh, rate them overall? And if I was wanting to add this to a you know portfolio mix, I already have Devon and um, uh, what's the um, one in Norway? And, what's your symbol um, on? What's a symbol oh, on Enbridge, Bill? What's the symbol? E E M B. Okay, E M B. I'm sorry, E N B. E is a Nancy. E N B. Enbridge. Okay. okay. Canadian company, but they have pipelines all over. He is uh, United States and Canada. Okay, hold on. E is an elephant. N is a Nancy. B is a Bill. Come on, computer. There you go. Enbridge. Got it. Out of Calgary. Uh, Canadian company engaged in distribution of gas to 3.8 million customers in Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, and New York. Uh, it's a $74 billion company, so it's, it's a big. They make $2.20. They're going to make $2.21 this year. That'll be down 20% from last year. And the same amount next year, $2.21. It's a $36 stock. Uh, it pays a very nice dividend, 7%. Um, Let's see, $2.21. So we're talking about what, a 15, 16 PE? That's kind of high for this company. It's not high for the market, but this year's, this company's yeah. five year range is 9 to 17. Okay, so it's kind of high because earnings are going down. It made $2.81 in 2022. So, you know, it's, how much it's does a, that does that concern you a lot or a little bit? That no, thing? no, it doesn't concern me a lot. If you are living or you're bought this for that dividend, the dividend is very, very secure. Cash flow is five dollars and fifteen cents. Yeah, I, I don't own it yet, so I was considering a position since it seems to be kind of at the lower range for the last, you know, eighteen month uh, period since you know fuel prices yeah, have been yeah. high. I just yeah, I think now uh, it might be a good time to get in, or would you wait? I probably wait till it gets into the low 30s. It's right in the mid 30s now. I think you might get it at 30, 29, 30, 31 dollars. I think you'll get it in that range if you're patient. And I think it, you know, it's a solid company. You bought some now and hurt my feelings whatsoever because it's paying a 7.2 percent dividend, and I think that's more than solid. It's not going to cut its dividend. It'll probably only increase its dividend. But you know, sales are. Sales are still growing. They're going to be they're up an eight percent in December. So it's not like their sales are shrinking. They're not, um, but it is a cyclical stock. If we go into recession, it will affect Canada, and I think you might be able to pick this up a little cheaper. Even though it's you know it's it's the recent high was in the high forties, you know forty seven, forty eight, forty nine, and I think it'll probably go back to that eventually. But it might take a year or two. Okay. Bill, I think it's a good company. Okay, I really do. Thanks for the call. Okay. Um, Susie Norman has some advice. One, you shouldn't get a tax refund, which I just said, right? <laughs> I don't believe that, too. I only, I like to owe the government and just pay, pay that what I owe before April 15th, and I don't have to pay any penalty. But I don't like the government paying, owing me because that means I overpaid them. That's why she doesn't like that either. No one should lease a vehicle. You make two years of payments. You buy a two-year lease or a three-year lease. You make all those years of payments, and you get nothing. You just turn the car in, and you got nothing. So there's not a lot of reason for an individual to go lease a car, really. Okay? And make sure you buy enough car insurance to cover you for, 
you know, whatever will happen. Have you seen how much it costs? If you hit another car, a late model car, you know how much it costs to fix new cars? You don't get the minimum amount of damage. And, you know, you could get sued for any amount. And you don't want a minimum liability coverage. You want enough to protect you, especially if you have assets to protect. And she also suggests that don't buy things not needed or unless, or another way to say it is the way I say it, spend less than you earn. Quit buying stuff you don't really need. Spend less than you earn. Another pet, last pet peeve that I have, same one she has, stop buying coffee. But now I'm not talking about the grocery store and you make your own. I'm talking about all these coffee shops that charge you an arm and a leg when you can perfectly easily make your own dang coffee and you can perfectly easily spice it up, uh, put a liquids in it, put cinnamon in it, chocolate, whatever it is you want, and it'd be much, 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 much cheaper. Why wouldn't you do that? Anyways, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peterson. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy and discipline. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Gabriel, and I'm calling from Central California, and I'm calling about C-U-B-I, And I was just wondering what you think about that in this sort of environment of inflation and stuff like that. Anyways, love the show. Keep doing what you do, and have a good one. Okay, this is another bank, and I really don't care for it. This is Customers Bank Corp, C-U-B-I, holding company for Customers Bank, operating through 23 bank branches, offices. It's a $580 million company, so it tells you it's very high risk because it's very small. For a bank, this is very small. So there there could be, you know, you, you, you and I don't know what the exposure is to interest rates, rising interest rates, and what it's done to its balance sheet. I don't know. Uh, they're going to make. They made seven dollars and sixty-three cents last year, and ten dollars a year before. This year, they're going to make five dollars and fifty-two cents a share. Next year, they're going to rise to six forty-three, and it's an eighteen-dollar stock. So it looks very inexpensive, but the range is two to sixteen. So it never gets very high. The PE range, two to sixteen. Return on equity is very good at 19%. Cash flow is strong at $8.92, but it doesn't pay any dividends. So you're buying this bank for growth, not not dividends. And I think growth is is dangerous here at this stage. Banking industry is in a pl- in a place that we it's at a flex and an inflection point. We don't know if it's going to get much worse, much better. Are we done with the banking crisis? We don't know that. No one knows that. The Federal Reserve can't tell you that. And because a lot of it is can be driven by emotion. People run some banks are emotion driven. You know, there's no there. Once people get in their in their head that the, their bank money, the money is not safe at a bank, they everybody draws it out. Bank goes under, no matter how strong they were. Basically, if everybody draws the money out, you're toast. So I'm not keen on this. Too small of a bank. I'd rather be in a very large bank because it's a lot safer. They have the heft 
to weather a lot of storms. Okay? The rich are fleeing New York in a big way. Carl Icahn is leaving. Billionaire. Anyways, between 2019 and 2020, uh, those making up between $150,000 to $700,000 a year in New York fell by 6%. Those people making over $750,000 a year are down 10% in New York. That's a big hit to New York's tax dollars, right? For instance, 41,000 of the tax buyers, the top 1%, pay 40% of the taxes in New York. 41,000. 450,000 of the tax top players, which is the top 10% in New York, top 10% earners in New York, pay 66% of the taxes in New York. And these are the people that are leaving. Hmm. So, where are they going? Well, they're leaving New York. Well, the most three most frequented destination is Florida, Texas, and Arizona. So, you know, what happens when, why are they leaving New York? Well, you know, they didn't have that answer. It could be high taxes being one of them, really super high taxes. Uh, very little respect for law and order in New York City, right? I mean, we see that every night on TV, you know. Uh, so maybe that's one of the reasons. And, you know, if you want to you lose your tax base, this is a way to lose your tax base, since the rich people pay the most taxes, by far. By far. Remember, the top 10% earners in New York pay 66% of the taxes. That's huge. So, so if you lose just ten percent of their of those people, if you lose ten percent of your tax, you lose those ten those that ten percent. You lose that. Where, where are you going to get your tax dollars from? Since they paid sixty six percent, you're going to have to tax middle class and poor people. You're going to have to. Anyways, it's a it's a very interesting conundrum. I think it's pretty simplistic, really. If if you're hostile to businesses and crime is rampant, which we all know it has, is, why stay there? And I love New York, by the way. I love visiting New York City. I, I thought, but not in recent years. I'm not, I'm not going back. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family member about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Remember to follow Invest Talk on social media. You might win a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Remember, we're giving away 10 more on Thursday. All you have to do is like and tag three friends on our 50 for 50 million post. Okay? Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. 
a registered investment advisor firm, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president, and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.